one. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 24th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. Deferral gratification, conviction, golden age, strive for greatness, ambition, avoid mediocrity, principles over practicality. Oh yeah, we're going to go way beyond Bitcoin. But if you want to hear about Bitcoin, check out disruptmeister.com. Over 1,400 shows there. Check out yesterday's This Week in Bitcoin show. Alex and Anders were on. Oh my, oh my, it was great. I tweeted it out on TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. You better be following me on TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, on Twitter, because, hey, man, that's, that's where you get the entire Bitcoin Meister ecosystems, the podcast, the tweets, the flashbacks, the videos. It's all there. But Alex and Anders yesterday, what a show. What a show. I had two guests back on, you know, working with the technology here. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, you might not know who they are. You should know who they are. That's the thing. That's why it's insider information here. I don't have to bring you all the biggest names in the space. I do sometimes. I'm bringing you the smartest freaking names in the space. Okay, yeah, Alex Anders, Jeet, people like that. These guys are the guys you should be following on Twitter, and you can learn a lot from that video. Okay, enough. Let's just get into Beyond Bitcoin because that's why you're that's why you're here today. You don't want to hear about Bitcoin. You want to hear about Beyond Bitcoin, Ben Shapiro, uh, he came up, he brought up a term called surrender culture. Yeah, that pretty much sums up uh, mainstream, uh, a, a tremendous aspect of mainstream culture today, okay? You, people just surrender to political correctness. They're, they're too scared to give out uh, differing opinions that are different than the, the mainstream narrative. And if they do, if they do, get the guts to speak against the mainstream most of the time when they get uh, piled on by the mainstream, they will just surrender. They'll be like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean what I say. I'm sorry. I surrender. Don't hurt me. But the thing is when they're surrendering like that, they just get pounded in more and more forever daring to go against the mainstream mob. So do not be part of surrender culture. Who cares about fitting in, people? Who cares about fitting in? If you're going to make a statement, if you're going to make a bold statement that is where you're not going to fit in, stick with it. Have some conviction, okay? Because if you surrender, it gets, it gets much worse than like saying nothing. <laughs> if you said something and then you surrender, it's worse than saying nothing, okay? All right, moving on. Doomers, the doomers of the world. Um, say that, uh, oh, we're about to, they've been saying this for so long, but worldwide recession, United States recession is coming. Oh, woe is me. You know what I say to that? Well, most of you know what I say to that. I say, who cares? I mean, first of all, they've been saying that for a while, but even if there were, were if there was to be a re recession, okay, we've all lived through recessions before, but believe it or, believe it or not, you've lived through a, a recession before. And, uh, is it the end of the world? No. Will you make it a personal recession though? It, just because there's a worldwide recession or a United States recession or whatever country you're in is having a recession, that it, are you, does that mean you're having a personal recession and doing nothing and just saying, woe is me and just, or just continuing to do the same things that got you into your personal recession, relying on the government, relying on others? Or are you going to be in motion? Are you going to learn? Are you going to switch things up? Okay. That's uh and so you will not, who cares if there's a, 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 a nationwide recession that's going on? You are an individual that can thrive under all sorts of circumstances, okay? So it, it doesn't matter. Who gives a darn if there's a, 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 a recession in the United States? People are still going to be making money. You are an individual. You do what you can do to thrive. I know you can do what you do. You've got a brain. Use that brain to thrive under all sorts of circumstances. So don't let... Do not let, do not go into a panic prison because of the uh, recession talk. It's not, it doesn't have to be a personal recession. Pound that like button. 
So let's talk about some more collective panic here, okay? This is the, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away today, let's say she passed away all of a sudden, I mean, how would your life as an individual change? I mean, think, think about that. Why do, why are so many people, why do so many people spaz out at, at the mere mention of what would happen if she passed away? I mean, they are that, they are collectivists, that much of collectivists that if they, they, they spaz because it would be a win for Trump and, and, and that would person that would hurt them if Trump would win. First of all, it isn't, a, a, it's not a win for Trump. Who cares? And, and who cares? It's, it's all a soap opera. It's a soap opera when you're, you're putting so much of your personal uh, time and value into a Supreme Court, someone who's on the Supreme Court or someone who's president of the United States. Her, her passing away makes no difference in an, in an individual life. Uh, 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 in like what, what's, if she passed away today, how would your life be different on, uh, on Monday or Sunday? Would you, would you be paralyzed? Would you, could you not continue? Would you not be able to do what you could do the day before when she was still, no. <laughs> Let's break this down into your everyday life. You're putting these people on pedestals when they don't affect your everyday life at all. It's, it's all a time-wasting excuse, okay? Putting all this drama into Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And, and some pe that's pe most people want to do that. They just want to come up with excuses and uh, they don't want to change their own lives. So they, they put all their faith in one person. If that th person disappears, then like, woe is me. The world is, o is over now. My life is ending. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the Supreme Court does not own you unless you allow them to. The president doesn't own you unless you allow him to. And so many people, whether they hate the president or like the president, they let the, the president own them and control them and, and take up huge chunks of, of their time. So no, um, there's, I, it's, it's unfortunate when a person passes away from cancer, that's, that happens, but it's not going <laughs> to, I'm still going to be able to be Adam Meister. I'm still going to be able to follow my system, a new show every day. Pound that like button. It shouldn't affect you either. Okay, N Namibia. I was thinking of Namibia again uh, lately. I was in Namibia in 2016. I've mentioned this, I think, on my regular show, but <laughs> they have something called the, the Namibian dollar there. They just print something called the Namibian dollar, and they say this is worth one South African rand, and it is. It just is. Now, you can't use the Namibian dollar outside of Namibia. You, you can trade it in in South Africa, I think for like 75% of a rand, but, and then you can't use it anywhere else. But it is amazing that people, how a country can so easily create value out of thin air. Now again, they, they, they can, the people are uh, docile. The people just accept it. They accept their lot in life. They're like, okay, they can, our government can keep on printing this stuff as long as they take care of us. It's worth what it's worth. We believe the story. We can't use this thing outside of our country, but it's worth what it's worth here. And it, it is a very interesting, I, I talked about it in other shows because Tether, which is a cryptocurrency that people use, that, that people say is worth $1. Um, people ask, well, why is it worth $1? It's based on nothing. And people say, well, the Tether has a bank account. Well, we really don't know if they have a bank account or not. But uh, it, it shows you, I mean, if a country could pull this off with a useless uh, fiat currency, surely uh, a cryptocurrency can pull this off. And it, it has a use case. It, it allows people to, uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It allows people to trade Bitcoin easier. How about that? We'll leave, we'll leave Tether's definition at that. But, uh, but again, I, 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 will, I long for the day, and it will be soon, when, the, when, crypto, when corporations will be getting on board this same train of printing their own money, uh, just like Namibia does, and giving it and saying how much it's worth, and uh, giving people more freedom to, you know, you can, there's many different economic, and economic systems you can be a part of. And uh, Alex actually talked about this. There's the, uh, there's, they're going to be the corporate coins 
the Bitcoin, your like total, your your pretty much corrupt country coins, and then your not so corrupt country coins, and so yeah, it, it just it is amazing. Uh, Bitcoin could free up so many people in Namibia from that situation uh, that they're in, uh, where their country can just print at will. And they have to, and they have to deal with it. But but they accept it. They are the ones that are accepting it. If I was in Namibia now, I would, uh, I would get into Bitcoin. That you don't have to worry about them printing up your Namibian dollar. All right, government is good for not very much. But let me tell you what governments like to do in countries like South Africa. I don't know if this has happened yet. This story is actually from 2018, uh, late 2018. And so you'll have to update me if you're in Port Elizabeth. Uh, now I want to say something. Port Elizabeth uh, was a. I was there in 2016. A beautiful city on the Indian Ocean. Um, and what is I? I have something written down here about. Uh, okay, it doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, the. This article that I'm not getting to, Port Elizabeth is getting a name change. Here are three popular options. <laughs> they would South Africa, the government, you know, they've got all sorts of lovely issues in, in South Africa, okay? But the government thinks, hey, you know, a pressing issue is to change the name of a city from the Port Elizabeth, that's the old South Africa. We want to just change the name. I mean, what difference is that going to make? Okay. Now, I don't think government should be interfering. In, government is a huge waste of money. But if they're going to spend money, instead of renaming, why don't they, they fix the, you know, the physical infrastructure of the roads that are falling apart, and then they can give those roads names, okay? <laughs> New names, and, and that could be their naming thing. Again, this, this naming, renaming stuff just appeals to the 80 percenters so much. It, it looks good on paper. It accomplishes nothing. It's feelings over facts. The country's still crime ridden. I, I was, again, I remember it was, an, I believe it was Halloween. I mean, the day before Halloween, whatever, when I was there in Port Elizabeth. And it's 5.30 and it's light outside. And I'm running. All of a sudden I hear a, a, a woman screaming. And the next thing I know, I didn't see, I never saw the woman. It's in broad daylight. And these two young guys come spoking just right past me. One of them's got like a purple purse in his hand and another one's got a knife in his hand. And again, so <laughs> is, is renaming Port Elizabeth going to, to fix this, this issue? No, no, uh, it, it's not, it's not going to. Can, can government solve that issue that I just brought up? You know, kids mugging women, that, that is definitely a personal responsibility type of thing. It, they're not doing it because it's called Port Elizabeth. They're not doing it because whoever is the prime minister. People have to take responsibility and know, you know, that is not, <laughs> that's not a good thing to do. You know, the, the parents that raised them, uh, there, there may be some issues there, I guess. But, uh, and maybe, and there's probably envy, uh, you know, they, 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 they value their wealth and stuff. And so they want more stuff. So they have to rob a, a woman on, in, in broad daylight. By the way, so yeah, after I saw those guys run by me, I, uh, I, I, you know, I kept on jogging, doing, it was in the middle of a run. And then I, you know, I, I ran back to my Airbnb. <laughs> that, was, that was the end of my, that was the end of my time out. I think I, I might've cut the run a little short, I think. Um, so, so, but anyway, I, I do wonder, but again, I want to point out so much potential in Port Elizabeth. I mean, there are, there are definitely some ghetto aspects to it, one of which I just mentioned. Um, the waterfront, some of it is like, some of the beach is beautiful, but then there's some industrial part that's, that is just could have so much redevelopment. If it was just, you know, if you, you let the private industry take over instead of the, the, the uh, government uh, having so much power there and worry, the government worrying about renaming cities instead of making an, I mean, the potential of that city on the beautiful Indian Ocean. You guys could go, that's what I wanted to say. You guys go back to the archives, disruptmeister.com, October of, uh, October of uh, 2016. I, I actually did a show outside on the beach there. 
at, at one point. So maybe I'll link to that below. I'll, I'll have to find that. I do link to everything I talk about this video is linked to below. And I, I, I link to that article that talks about them wanting to change uh, the name of Port Elizabeth. And so I don't, and one of the names is they, they renamed the region already uh, Nelson Mandela Bay. That, that's been the name of the region for a while. And so they, one option is to call it like Nelson Mandela City or something like that. Yet it, history says he, he, is own, he only visited Port Elizabeth like twice. It's, it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's, it's such a way. But again, that's what government's good for. That's what government's good for. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's talk about this Atlantic, this article from the Atlantic, uh, how life became an endless, terrible competition. Meritocracy prizes achievement above all else, making everyone, even the rich, miserable. Maybe there's... A, a way out. Oh my God, meritocracy. Oh, it's so horrible. So let, let's go back to, before I, I review this article, let's go back to the, uh, uh, your moral base. There is nothing wrong with being elite. And I'm going to say shout outs to all my elite friends that are watching this. If you value your wealth in Bitcoin, if, if, you, if you're trying to get your first Bitcoin, your second, your fourth, your tenth, whatever, you are elite. If you know this is the home of insider information, you're elite. You're an elite holder. If you were, if you, again, if you don't, if you don't trade and flip and do all these ridiculous, if you've long-term thinking, you're not impulsive, you are elite already. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with success. Success shaming is envy, but success shaming, that's what mainstream culture is about today. Success. So this guy who's a professor somewhere, I think at Yale, he's into He's writing something all about success shaming here. Uh, now, th th there are some interesting takeaways from all this, okay? One th fitting in is overrated. That is true. And so if you are just, if you're pushing your kids to get into the best schools and putting so much pressure on them to get good grades and so that they become the lawyer you wish you were, um, it, it's just so you can brag to your friends and so they can brag to their friends in the future and they get convinced that this is the only way to success in life. These, these great colleges and great, um, great uh, you know, high status jobs, supposedly, like being a lawyer. Then yeah, if, if, and you're not doing it because you like it, then hard work is, is a, it's, it, that is, you don't work hard just to fit in, okay? That, that, that is, that's the overrated aspect. So I can see why if you've got a whole, a, a society of people, even smart people, even people who compete really hard, whose end goal is just to fit in. Yeah. Those super rich lawyers, they aren't going to be happy. They are going to be, they are going to be stressful. That what you have, you have to take a few steps back here in, in order to be elite. Okay. You can be successful in all sorts of things. You don't have to go to these traditional routes at all. You don't have to be the rich lawyer working his butt off um, just to get that tremendous house to, to in, impress all his friends. Um, being the best you can be in a field that makes you happy, that is great. There's always going to be uh, inequality in any free area of life, though. That's, what people, that's another thing people have to realize. Whatever you're going to get into, get into something that makes you happy. Um, but even in Bitcoin, even getting into Bitcoin, there, is, there are going to be people who got into it and went gung-ho into it because they believed in it. They worked hard to learn as much as they could about it to make them confident enough to get, to make a plan, to make a smart plan, to get a lot of it, okay? So there's going to be an uneven distribution in Bitcoin. There's going to be an uneven distribution in so many different fields. You have to get used to that base in life, okay? But you do the best you can for yourself, okay? If others, then this guy's complaining about how so many people are doing so super well, and they're, and, but he doesn't feel bad for them. He, he mentions in the article, you shouldn't feel bad for the rich. You shouldn't feel bad for the rich which again, he, he feels bad for the poor. So he, devise, he tries to devise all these plans, 
all these ways around the natural 80%, 20% system of life. That 20% of the people are gonna pr produce 80% of the wealth, okay? In 80% of the success in, in, in any field. Now, again, you don't have to be in that field. You can go, you can find your niche in life where you're gonna be that 20%, where you're gonna produce 80%, where you're gonna be way ahead of the curve. So th this, you know, shaming meritocracy, that's not the way to go on this, okay? There's a meritocracy, you, it isn't about destroying yourself, okay? It, it can be, if, if you are in something where the, the, the hardest working people are going to be rewarded, but you're not, it's not something you're happy about, it's not something that you really want, but you do have the abilities to work real hard, yeah, the merit, meritocracy, you're forcing yourself into a meritocracy that you shouldn't be in, okay? You shouldn't be in that rat race. Get into, get into another, get into another field where the where you love the competition and where you will strive. And there is no shame. There is no shame in being elite. And for all the success shamers out there, yeah, you keep on doing what you're doing. I'm going to be in the Bitcoin overlay, enjoying my success and not and not having to worry about fitting in to your uh, your mainstream culture. So. Okay, and just remember, what you do with, it, what, and I've said this before, what you do with what's in your head is what brings you success, okay? Um, so if you magically gave everyone a degree, if everyone was allowed into Harvard all of a sudden, and they got a magical piece of paper that said they, uh, they have a Harvard degree, you know, that wouldn't automatically confer success upon them. Okay, it's going to take using what's in your head and some, some work, <laughs> through that, through what you have in your head to, to uh, achieve success. There are no, there are no magical, s simple answers in life. And I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, uh, that, that stuff has to be produced by someone. Okay. There are producers in life and you could be a complainer in life. You could be a hater in life, but it's, it's the producers that, uh, everyone, society as a whole has a uh, never ending desire for more, more, more. Okay. And so you're all producers are always going to be uh, necessary. So there's, it's not, it, there's not a limit out there to the amount of producers that are, that are possible. You just have to be willing uh, to, to be a producer and, uh, and to find your little niche there. Uh, okay. So always you can be ahead of the pack. You could, whatever, but you just got to pick a pack that, that you are comfortable in. Again, don't let mainstream society define what is your success. You know, being the Hollywood star, that's, that's what success is. Being a, a big time lawyer, being a big time doctor. No, that's not that. Choose your own way. Define your own success. Being a Bitcoin holder, that's how I define success right there. And it, it does, uh, again, this is just assets. Get assets in life. Get it's, it's not about impressing other people with stuff. It's about assets, real assets, whether it be you know, your assets for your brain, knowledge is an asset. Uh, wisdom, people do not, people value youth over wisdom a lot of time. A lot of, we'll get into that in another thing. Wisdom is something that comes with experience. And uh, that, that's why you know, we're always gonna have the youth making their impulsive decisions, which is great. There, you start, many people start out 80 percenters, they become 20 percenters. The youth are mostly 80 percenters. All right, moving on. Uh, pound that like button and check out uh, this uh, Event Horizon, which is a sci-fi, it's, it's, it's a space channel, okay? Very interesting uh, character that was on uh, the show talking about genetically modifying humans to be able to live on Mars. And thus, I mean, we're going to have technology one day. Because right now, if you're a human and they dropped you on Mars, you would die. And obviously, you couldn't breathe. But if you were human and you were given a, a shelter there and a, a spacesuit, you also would eventually get cancer and die a horrible death at this point. But <laughs> if one day they're going to be able to modify, genetically modify people before they're born, most likely. So maybe you don't need lungs or something like that. And so you will be able to literally, the, the technology will come about. And I know this sounds scary, um, 
but to change humans so much that they could walk around on Mars. So that, you know, it would be negative 80 degrees and they would be fine. They would be fine. And I never really thought of it that way. That, that's a solution to getting uh, men on Mars by uh, creating uh, Martians, basically, out of us. Uh, now, this, this brings up some, it brings up some issues, to say the least. Um, but first, th there would be animal experimentation that would lead uh, scientists to on a path where they, they knew they would be able to do this correctly. I mean, I'm not saying this is going to happen tomorrow, but this is something that we could see, uh, well, we could definitely see in this century, I guess. And, uh, you know, just the way things are progressing. Something like that, although controversial, does excite me because I, I think expanding our, uh, and again, if, if we got Martian humans there, then they would thrive and maybe figure out a way to get real humans there eventually. Who knows? I am definitely into getting human beings off of this rock one way or the other. Uh, now, again, people would just say, well, then they wouldn't really be humans anymore, would they? And that, that is an inter interesting uh, question right there. But the, it, I'm just saying, check out the video. I like stuff like that. Uh, that's way beyond Bitcoin, it made me think. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Remember that. Um, I don't tweet much out off about space. Mo it's Most of it's about Bitcoin, but you never know. Uh, what else do we have? All right. Socialism is for those who want to cruise through life. I think I'm getting this from Yaron Brook. Um, I think I'm summarized. I don't, I don't want to misquote him or anything like that. But socialism is, is for those who want to cruise through life, who want others to make decisions for them, who want others to think for them. Thinking is the new counterculture, people, basically. Again, can you blame a, a childish mind, uh, someone just who just, it's easier to be a collectivist. That's the default. You're born a child. Individualism is the accomplishment. So yeah, social, if you want to cruise through life, if you want someone else to take care of you, someone else to make the city, yeah, that is easy for someone to take care of you. So you know, when I was a kid, it was, life was pretty darn easy. You know, my parents drove me places. My parents you know, decided where I was going to go to school. My parents like, decided what I was going to eat. It was really easy. And then I just got to, my parents paid for my clothes, took, you know, took me places. And the rest of the day, I, you know, I played around, watched TV, did all these things. It, it, that, what a life that is. And some people don't want to leave that life. Okay? They, they, they want the government to be their parents. Um, but again, so it, it, but it becomes a, a sickness. You know, they, they don't want to think. Okay? And so maybe as a kid, that can be cool. But as an adult, I cannot imagine not wanting to think. Uh, controlling your own destiny is, is a great, glorious feeling. Being an individual. Is, is, is great, is great. That's, that's the path I go on. But if you want to get, hey, personal responsibility is a new counterculture. If you want to put your faith in the government and take care of you from cradle to grave, be my guest, you know. You know if, you get, if you get sick and then you rely totally on them to take care of you, good luck. That's, uh, I don't think that's too pretty of a situation there. All right. Uh, what do we have? And again, we live in a, <laughs> those people don't value success at all. They're into the socialism that's uh, into success shaming. That's success shaming right there. Oh, no, you don't need to, you don't need to work hard. You know, just things should come natural from the sky. The government will provide. And, and again, people, I have no problem. I'm not going to be that. If you want to do that, you can do that. I don't think anyone should be forced into any system. So if someone were to force me into that system, I would be very unhappy. But no one's forcing me into that system, and I'm not forcing anyone into my, into my system. I'm not forcing anyone to watch this show with my views. So if you don't like the views, you can turn it off. That's the beauty of the free market. Okay. Now, what's this thing I, I have here? Well, in, in this world that we, in this country that we live in, when we have to have passports and green cards, and the, the problem with the, the immigration problem in the United States that it, it boiled, Iran Brook brought this up. It's really a welfare system problem, okay? If we didn't have, if the United States was not such a generous welfare state, if we didn't have all this free stuff, then the people who would come here would want to work 
and would want to produce and wouldn't want to live off of others, okay? All right, so, so that's, that's, if you're a person that's into the, uh, the wall and all that stuff and the border, instead, I say take it, make sure you're, you're set up first, okay? As an individual, first of all, are you successful? Because it's not gonna make you successful in life by worrying about these national issues. But if you're already successful in life and you wanna worry about a national issue, then worry about, uh, then be an activist, I guess, on uh, the, 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 uh, the welfare state of the United States. Because again, if there was no welfare state here, we wouldn't need a wall. We wouldn't, we wouldn't the poor pe uh, people could come and go as, as they please. People, there'd be no problems at all. No, they, they, people would not want to come, there would be nothing to live off of. They would have to produce for themselves. And the more producers, the better. That is great. That is, that, that, that's great. Uh, again, there's an unlimited need uh, in society for more, more, more. So the more producers we get, the better, the better. There'd be no, there'd be no welfare state at all. So um, Yaron Brook brought that up. So, but again, it, it looks to me that we're not, uh, we're not anywhere close to getting rid of uh, the welfare state. So how about this? <laughs> if you were to be a citizen of the country and you're here illegally, then you have to pay a passport tax. You can buy, make, make there be a huge tax on passport, in order to get a United States passport, or United, to become a, a citizen, let's call it a citizen tax, okay? All right, you, you pay the fee, instead of, and so that contributes to the welfare state. Let the new people contribute to the welfare state, instead of the people who are already here, who have no choice in the matter, okay? They didn't have to come, the people running across the border illegally now, they didn't have to come here. They thought they're going to get uh, you know, some freebies and stuff. Well, okay, you catch them and you say, "Here's the deal. You're gonna, you're gonna pay. You are. This is gonna cost you now. Okay, make it some huge. Again, so, I mean, what what we have right now is the people stuck here have to play. You know, pay tremendous uh, healthcare uh, tax. Healthcare. Since the healthcare system is you know controlled by the government now, it's is basically uh, the price is a. Uh, is, is, uh, is a tax on, on the people. Uh, so instead of the, the people that were here originally having to pay for the newbies, have the newbies you know, pay for themselves. Give, give, you know, give, give them the option, give that, put, throw that on the table as, as a possible solution, okay? Um, I, I think some people might be into that. Uh, if, if you wanna come here, you need to help fund the social welfare state, okay? They, they cannot, we can't take in freeloaders okay we can so again because some people are going to say adam we're never getting rid of the social welfare state okay we're never getting rid of the social welfare state. great great so then my ne my next thing would say let let all the illegal let the illegal immigrants pay for it not me let the illegal immigrants pay for it let it and 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 then if they can't then you know send them back at that point all right but give give them the option and you know give them some payment plans even maybe Get them on some people's payrolls and say, okay, you were paying this dude under the table. Now you're on the payroll. Now they're, uh, they've got a temporary visa. We're taking this much out of their pay, their, uh, their paycheck every month. That's it. All right. And they will, they will pay their way into the United States. And, and then some of them will be like, oh, that's unfair. Well, then they can go back. They can go back. All right. So that's, that's my little take on that. Don't worry about it too much. I didn't, I, but I just, you know, I hear talk about it. I just thought, well, there's, there's an idea instead of, instead of our taxes going up, why don't we have some, uh, some immigrant taxes? All right. So, but again, people, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not, the problem is, is not going to get solved. The, the, the illegal immigration is not going to get solved. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, welfare state isn't going to get solved. So as an individual, what do you do? What do you do? Because what I just talked about was national policy there, and I'm not too international. As an individual, though, what do you do? You have real assets. You have real assets, like Bitcoin, okay? So that if you ever got uncomfortable wherever you are, you could take your real asset with you and, and start a new and in, in a better uh, environment. And again, um, all of this social welfare, all this immigration is paid for by the US dollar, by printing the US dollars. So if you have no real assets, you have no hedge against the US dollar, okay? You are totally reliant on the US dollar. 
Um, so if your salary stays the same and they keep on printing money and the United States keeps on printing money uh, to, to pay for all this, then you are paying for this, okay? You are paying, you are really paying for all this. But if you have real assets that can't be wealth taxed, uh, because again, real estate is wealth taxed, but still real estate is better than having no asset at all. If you have real assets, then, then you, you are protected against how all this is going to get paid for. And it will continue. People are like, no, the system can't continue. It's all going to, no, the system can continue because the 80 percenters love stuff. They love the welfare dollar and they don't realize that they're getting poorer and poorer and poorer when they have no assets. So as long as you have assets and if you have the best asset, which is Bitcoin, you're, you're fine. You, that's how you really fight against these injustices that the government uh, has come up with the illegal immigration and the, 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 the welfare system. You have real assets, you will be fine. Much better off than the people with no assets. What's this Twitter thing here? Why do people spend money to lose weight? Okay, this is from, I left them, I don't know who this is, but it's linked to below. Why do people spend money to lose weight? It's inherently a free thing. Literally, don't eat for a few hours. You don't need a special low-calorie snack. Drink water. I have read several wrong answers below. The only right one is lack of discipline. Okay, so that was a, a person. person suggested that, and then people try to make up excuses, and then that person said, no, it's just a lack of discipline. Okay, yet you do not have to pay to, to lose weight. You just need discipline. Stop eating. Just don't eat for a while. Just drink water. Don't drink soda. It's, it, it, discipline is free, people. Discipline is free. You just have to conjure it up, okay? And uh, that's, if, again, if you're able to hold a Bitcoin, if, you, if you've held a Bitcoin until past the 2020 halving, if you made a plan, you know, in 2016, I'm getting Bitcoin, I'm not touching it until, you have discipline, you, you, you should be able to lose weight easily. Long-term thinking, deferral of gratification. But some people will never get it because they're still living a child's life. Uh, what's this? Uh, the term silent majority was popularized by Nixon. Then it, meant, then it meant people who were silent because they didn't care enough about politics to speak out. It's pretty chilling that it can now be used to mean people who are afraid to express their opinions lest a mob come after them. That is a very interesting part of surrender culture okay they again the silent majority out there they are scared that a mob is going to come after them so that is why they remain silent uh that, that's how they surrender now some of them actually do speak up but then they say they, they are sorry and then that's that's a worse form of surrender but i i do think uh yeah we have a new de definition of the silent majority now just people who who want to fit in so much and, and are scared of a, a, a social media mob taking them down. They're again, fitting in is overrated. Let that, I've had people criticize me before. It just makes you, a, it makes you a stronger person. You got to stand for something. people. You got to stand for something. Now again, now again, not everyone is meant to speak up. Not everyone. Uh, but if it's like literally hurting you to, to fit in, you, you've definitely gone the wrong way. You're, you're fitting in is overrated. So um, if you're getting sick to your stomach because you're, you're keeping in what you really believe, um, you, you should change your ways. Um, it's fitting. It's, they're not your real friends. If you, if you have to, if you get sick, uh, you know, making up excuses why you can't really talk the way you want to in front of them. All right. Uh, what is this? Del Ana Luca says this is this is this will make you think values are short-term cost with long-term benefits okay short-term cost if you have values you have some short but over the long run those values are going to pay off sometimes we forget that these costs are worth paying so sometimes people have no values then we begin to decay as we do not reap any long-term benefits. So again, 
You have no value. You didn't pay the short-term price of, of standing for something. So you stand for nothing. Over the long term, you're not getting any benefits for standing for anything. You're just falling apart over the long term. It's important to create systems to remind ourselves that values are cost worth paying. They are. They are. It is worth it to stand for something because in the long term, you're going to be a healthier and happier individual. Okay. Um, if you, if you, if, you know, you're just going with the crowd, going with the flow. Uh, yeah. In the short term, that's fun. That might be fun, but over the long term, you're going to be worthless. <laughs> you're going to be sick. You gotta, you gotta stand for something in life. All right. So, and that again is for, from, I did not come up with that tweet. It's a good one. You can link to, it's linked to below, Del Anna Luca. Uh, Yaron Brook has a video, it's linked to below. He talks about his, his thoughts on Andrew Yang and uh, UBI, Universal Basic Income. And again, he points out that, you know, Yang's got a solution for everything. And Yang basically feels the government should have a solution for everything. Guys, he, he's very well-meaning, Andrew Yang. You should have come up with your own solutions for your own problems, okay? Now, one thing that is a little confusing about Yang is that I think on the website, his website, it does say that he wants to get rid of all welfare and replace it with UBI. If he, but he, then he doesn't really say that or there's some ambiguity about the whole situation. And Yaron Brook agrees. He says, if UBI replaced all welfare, all welfare, okay, everything, that would be better because there would be no, there's so much maintenance costs with the various welfare systems that are out there. You know, Section 8 costs money uh, to maintain, uh, food stamps cost money to maintain, all sorts of stuff costs money. If it was just like you get a UBI check every month, that's, that's not much of a maintenance cost right there. But, and I agree with you, Ronald, Brooke, on this. If you're, if you're just going to maintain the old welfare system and create a, uh, a value-added tax on every transaction in America to fund a UBI, that is horrible. That, that's just, that, that's, that's a much worse situation. It's a much worse tax situation a much worse social welfare situation because you're going to have the old, the old horrible welfare system and then a new one, it'll tempt even more people to come into the country. There'll be even more abuse. I mean, it's, it's, it just, there'll be more, again, now taxes on transactions. I like value added. I like VAT over income tax, but that's not what they're suggesting. They're suggesting we'll still have the income tax and we'll have a VAT. Now VAT again, uh, Okay, that, that hurts the uh, spenders more than the savers, which is great. That's <laughs> fine. Again, again, I don't believe in any taxes. If, if I had my choice, just like Yaron said, I would pick VAT over income tax any day. Any day. But um, it appears Yang wants to have income tax, wants to have the VAT, wants to have the social welfare system continue and have UBI, which is just a... Again, have Bitcoin. Have Bitcoin. You don't have to worry about that stuff. James Clear. Wealth is a game that compounds. Health is a game that plateaus and then declines. As we age, we should spend more time staying fit and less time making money. Increasingly working to ward off the effects of aging and allowing the effects of compounding to take over. So there, there again, it, when you're young, you know, when you're under 50 years old and stuff, and who knows what it is? I don't know now what technologies, what, what, what the definition of young is. But when you're still naturally healthy and everything, you, you are as productive as possible. And you set up a system where you, uh, you get assets that make you money so where you don't need to work anymore. So that when you do become older, when you do, when your health does start to naturally decline, you do become older. Um, you don't have to worry about making money anymore because your assets are making money for you. And you can focus on doing special things that make you healthy. Okay. You don't, don't want to be worrying about, you know, when you're 62 years old, like, oh man, how am I going to find this job? Oh, I got to work. I got to work 50 hours a week, 80 hours a week or whatever. But then you have no time 
to take care of your health, to ward off the effects of aging. This is very important. This is a long-term concept, people. This is a deferral of gratification concept, all right? So work hard when you're young and set up a system where your assets will be able to take care of you in the future and make money. And so then in the future, when you're hard, you can focus in on your health instead of worrying about worrying about you know, where I'm going to get my next job. <laughs> After a certain age, you should, that, that should not be a worry at all. Your assets should be compounding and should be making you money. All right. So again, I, I, I'll, I'll repeat this. Uh, MMT, reparations, whatever it is, whatever comes down the pipe, the next uh, big 80% uh, or theory that might be incorporated by the government in some way, get what protects you against this is real assets that cannot be wealth taxed. Bitcoin is the best one. Okay. Bitcoin. So again, you could throw up your hands in the air and be like, Oh my God, MMT doesn't work. Oh my God. Reparations shouldn't happen. And you can just scream or you can prepare and just be get Bitcoin. All right. But I've said that a few times in this show. Pound that like button. It, one thing I was, uh, I, I have no car. Um, so wherever I travel, I'm in Tel Aviv now. I'm in, I was in LA beforehand. I see the city from a completely different view than the masses who all have cars and have to drive and have to deal with all of that uh, drama. So you know, to me, so many people compare, complain about LA. Now there are reasons to complain about LA, but so, so much, like the traffic, the traffic. The traffic was nothing to me. I walked everywhere, I ran everywhere. I never had to, I had, there, my car never got broken into because I didn't have a car. I never had to pay $5 for gas because I never had a car. Um, it's, it's awesome. You see cities in a completely different light if you don't have a car. Um, and it, it, Boise, Idaho, too. I've heard people complain about it. They, they're like, oh, it, it's so hard to commute in from the valley and the traffic's just as bad as that. When I was in Boise, I ran everywhere. It, just, it seems like such a beautiful downtown and kind of quaint. And, and, you know, it's so up and coming and everything. Very safe. So, like, I, when I'm running around Boise or running around Tel Aviv, too, I see how safe it is. And I just love it. And I'm not distracted by all the car people. Car people get into a mentality where they have to deal with all the car drama. So you just live a complete different life when you don't have to um, deal with the car drama. And so that's the benefit of being in shape, people. Right there, when you can walk everywhere, where you can run everywhere like I can, um, and where you, don't, where you work for yourself and you don't have to commute Okay, or maybe you work for some, figure out a situation uh, where you do, if you do work for someone else, where you can walk, okay, in, in a city where you don't, again, the, the non-car culture, I, I find it to be uh, quite liberating, and I just, I see life and cities uh, completely different, so I don't know if anyone else watching this video has experienced that. Uh, shout out to Boise, though, Boise, I'll end it with a shout out to them. I haven't been there for well, now a little over a year. And again, it is the up and coming city in the United States of America, um, the city of the 2020s. Already people from California are flocking there, which a lot of people don't like in Boise. But it is, you know, there probably was a time, you know, Denver was thought of as some like backwoods place. And, you know, first the insiders knew about how beautiful it And now Denver is the huge, big, tremendous capital of the Mountain West, okay? You know, sports teams galore. It's trendy as anything. It's, and again, the Denver has its problems. So I'm seeing uh, Boise will want, I don't know if Boise will ever get that big, okay? But it is, it'll be Portland-like one day. It'll definitely be Portland-like one day, okay? In terms of trendiness and people just realizing how healthy and, 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 and nice of an area it is. It's a beautiful and safe, Cities. And again, it'll become less safe probably over time, but I mean, it's not going to become Baltimore or anything like that. I'm saying it's the city of the 2020s, okay? And I invite you all to, to visit, uh, as I did, and they've got a great Bitcoin community. You should move there. 
<laughs> if you're unhappy with uh, where you live in the United States, you know, if you're in some Baltimore type of situation <laughs> where you're, and I'm talking about like, again, if you want to live in a city, not live in a suburb, okay, you, Boise is, is, Boise is where it's at. But here, I linked to an article about it below that I found fascinating that I did not even know this fact about Boise when I visited there, the, the, the times I've been there. Boise is home to the largest concentration of Basque people outside of Spain. I had no idea. It's so interesting. Yeah, apparently, they, they came to America and that part of the country, you know, they could herd sheep up there. They, they could do a few things they could do back in Spain, back in Basque country. And Boise was it very convenient for them. So that's, that's where they, they went. It's very, very interesting. And uh, man, that's, I'm always learning. I'm always uh, getting interesting tidbits out there. And I do like to travel. I like to see things in person. And I like to, like to see what the, uh, like to make predictions about what's going to be the, the next big cities in the United States. And, you know, for you real estate speculator, I'm not, I'm not telling you to buy real estate there. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, a very, you can tell if you go there in person and you don't have to commute from their suburbs to the, I'm sure commuting from their suburbs to the, the, the center of Boise isn't too fun. If you don't, if you don't have to do that, you will see like, Oh man, this is, this is where it's at. This is where it's good. This is where the hipsters are going to be soon enough. 2020s Boise. I'm sure you guys in Boise, you better be pounding that like button because I just gave you guys huge shout outs. And yeah, Spokane too. Um, but probably Boise will be bigger, will be more successful than, than Spokane. Okay. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember, subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below, pound that like button. And yeah, man, I hope to visit Boise in 2020 or, or 2021. Uh, see you guys later. Bye bye.